Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode 182. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, what's going on, buddy? Uh, So I was telling you off air that I took a nap today. Good old dad nap, 45 solid minutes. It was great. I felt amazingly better. Um, That's not words, but anyways. Uh, After the nap, I needed a nap because my wife uh, took a COVID test because she was feeling some symptoms. Uh And so we're waiting for the results. And while we're waiting, we're like, you know what? Let's not take any chances. Let us isolate. So she had her own like apartment. I'm using air quotes. Upstairs in the bedroom, we have an ensuite bathroom and such. Uh Uh, And me and the kids at the rest of the house. But last night, we still didn't receive the results. So I slept in the basement. And apparently, I'm I'm not able to sleep away from my wife with sound sleep. I just can't do it. I slept for five hours last night, max. It was awful. Sounds like there's a little separation anxiety going on there, buddy. Yeah, so test came back negative. Good. I'm back upstairs today. It felt like it was in the doghouse, honestly, but I did nothing wrong. It's like the worst possible thing. Yeah. Right? You're like, I didn't do anything wrong. I know it, but here I am. But you're still punished. Yeah, not great, buddy. That stinks. Not good. What's going on with you, man? Uh, I'm starting to feel like I have moved to Canada because it's nonstop snowing the last two weeks, and I don't care for it very much. <laughs> You've got to embrace it. You've got to lean into the snow, man. I'm telling you. Oh, boy. I think I'm going to have to. It's supposed to snow again, maybe another four inches for tomorrow. Get some, like, a long johns or what? I don't know what you call those things. Yeah. Long underpants. Long get johns. those on. Uh, get some nice mitts and get out there and build something. There we go. I think I'm going to have to take you up on that advice, Mitch. Uh, but before we get started on the episode, we have a little sponsor to talk about. Uh, support for Eyes on Isles is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology-driven, uh, excuse me, technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over two million men worldwide. We have an exclusive offer for you for 20% off and free shipping with the promo code FANSIDED20, that's FANSIDED20, all one word, at manscaped.com. Mitch, you got to get in on it. I have one. 
and I absolutely love it. Um, I, I've used uh, archaic technology before to, uh, you know, spruce things up in, 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 in anywhere. And like, this has an LED light on it. That was the huge thing for me. I didn't even know it had one until I used it. And so like when you're trying to, you know, shape anywhere, the fact that it's got that LED light to just make sure you've, you've, you're getting what you want to get, game changer for me. And, Absolute game changer. And waterproof if you want to shave in the shower. Right? Absolutely. That's a big one too because you're right there. Just do it all together all at once. Just it, it's, it is a good product. I highly recommend it. There you go. So 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with promo code FANSIDED20. Let's get into the episode, Mitch. We have a lot to get into. Let's start with the fourth line because uh, last week we were giving them the business a little bit, but we got to pump them up as in the last two games, they have a goal apiece. So uh, kudos to that fourth line. So when are you going to write a piece about Brock Nelson? Because it seems whenever you start like, why are these guys not producing? They're like, oh, yeah, Matt O'Leary? Boom, here you go. I, I might have to. Uh, it, it worked for Josh Bailey. It has worked for the fourth line now, as I, I wrote about that they were ranked the third worst line, and that was via uh, Money Puck had that one. Um, and they ranked it by, what was the expected goals? It was expected goals for it. Yeah, so they they came in third worst, so I wrote about it, and then since then they popped off. They're scoring a bunch of goals, Mitch. They're not the third worst anymore. Now they're now the 24th worst, which is a wild improvement. Same stat, right? That's expected mm-hmm. goals for at least 40 minutes played, although we could probably bump that that up a little bit because, like, again, you know, two games have gone by, so maybe we sh- I should have bumped that up to 50. But regardless, it's only two games. Right. Um, yeah, it's 24th. And if you do it uh, uh, at a per 60 basis, they're still only the ninth worst, which when you're talking about, like, the, they're a fourth line playing 10, 12 minutes a night, like, that's fine. And they're playing most of the time in the defensive zone. Right. No, exactly. Um, I'm glad that they're scoring, but I didn't even necessarily need them to do that. I just wanted to see them get back to their game which honestly it seems like they are having that impact and we've seen that over the last two games now which is a welcomed addition right and, and that that's what they need yes scoring is great everyone will say like i would love cal clutterbuck to put up 20 goals not gonna happen but what we need cal clutterbuck to do uh is is be effective uh, an effective four checker we need him to be harassing puck carriers uh, and we need them to generate an identity for this team because when they're not doing that, this team doesn't do anything. Like they 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 have no gumption, they have no motion. Uh, it's really hard for this team to do anything if this fourth line isn't itself doing anything, which really sucks because you shouldn't be relying on a fourth line. But that's what the Islanders do. the The fourth line sets the identity and tone for the team, and when they're not doing that regardless of scoring uh it, it's tough going for the islanders no yeah it, it it is it is tough going and just to be able to rely on that line because that was another thing too like I, I understand they weren't scoring but you felt uncomfortable anytime they took the ice because it was okay what are they gonna let in a bad goal now at this point like they just couldn't seem to gel for whatever reason and it, it looks like an again small sample size just the last two games but they look so much more comfortable. It looks like a different line. It really does. It, it really does. And, and there, there's no there's no secret to it. It's like you said, it's an emotional thing. It wasn't that they were bad hockey players all of a sudden. No. Uh, of course, they're getting older, so like things are maybe getting a little bit harder physically, um, but they're not that old. Uh, 
but it was more of an emotional thing. They weren't as engaged. Uh, they weren't doing the things that they typically do, like like forechecking, like hitting. Um, they, they weren't doing it, and they, they certainly, even if they were, they weren't doing it effectively. So it was just kind of like this disjointed emotional approach to the game. Uh, and now they seem to have bridged that, where like they're all in. Uh, it's not to say that they weren't all in before, but it seems that they're more emotionally in yes. than they were before. And it's not just them, of course. Like It's not only the fourth no. line, but uh, we're talking about them specifically. Uh, and the Islanders needed to be need them to be the emotional heart of the team, and and that 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 says a lot because uh, we should be doing that for a fourth line. But when they're not feeling it, oh boy, oh boy. Well, a lot of times it feels like if the fourth line isn't going and Matthew Barzell isn't going, they're screwed because that's the Islanders. It's the fourth line and Matthew Barzell and. Honestly, at the start of the season, Barzal was phenomenal, and he's still having a really good year. But the fourth line didn't do a damn thing to start the year. They started really, really slow. But for whatever reason, when both of those things are clicking, the Islanders usually tend to click too, and everything else falls into place. That's just it. And you you say it, right? Like, there's four guys we're talking about, Barzal in the third and the fourth line. That still leaves six, eight players on the forward core where we're like, well, well... Sorry, guys, we don't have the four other guys rolling, so sucks to be you, I guess. Mm-hmm. Although sucks to be us, because that's eight guys that could be able to say, like, okay, Barzi's isn't rolling, fourth line isn't rolling, let's go, I've got this. Lee does it well enough, but, like, he hasn't done it consistently to show, like, he's he carries this team night in, night out. He'll no. have shifts, but he's not, he's not going to carry the team to victory all on his own. No, he's not a night-in, night-out kind of guy, but he's probably done the best job from the crop that we're talking about, not named you know the fourth liner, Matt Barzell. I would say probably Lee's right there, and, and Eberle, too, to be fair. Right, and Eberle's been very consistent, and we'll, we'll talk about him in a little bit there. But uh, yeah, getting to the fourth line, it, it really gets to the idea that, that they need to be more implicated physically into the game, which... Like that, I don't understand why we need to be saying that because that that's their bread and butter, is it not? And, and it seemed that they were getting away from that at the beginning of the season. Yeah, it felt that way. It really did feel like that way to, to us, no? That's what I felt. Like, it, sure, they were hitting, but it didn't seem to have the same impact as it usually did. And they were getting hemmed in on the defensive zone a lot. Like, they weren't pushing forward. Yes, they start most of their shift in the defensive zone anyways, but they have this uncanny ability to turn that defense into offense. And, and it wasn't happening. And I, I really don't understand what the heck was going on there because it just seemed all of a sudden this year they're like, I'm not the same player I used to be. No, yeah, for whatever reason, it just wasn't clicking it felt like that that line wasn't clicking and usually with that line specifically Sezikis is the driving force and with him specifically he has he has really really struggled since the, really honestly though since the return to play from last year I don't know what what is happening with him exactly um it, obviously things have turned around things are better for him so it, it may it may have just been um had something that's just been bugging him that he finally had to address with someone at any point, uh, and he kind of got it. You know, he, he addressed it. It's gone. Um, but for me, it, it does it seem that they're starting fewer and fewer periods. Like that line starting the periods. I, I that yes. I I noticed it a couple of times. Maybe not every single time, but a, a few. But it's it usually Barry Trotz has been 
consistently. They start mm-hmm. every game. They start every period. And that hasn't been the case, which maybe this this fourth line is kind of going like, oh, maybe our time is up. Although if they look at their contracts, I mean, specifically Matt Barnes, they could realize that it is not. Yeah, no. But that added pressure could be a good thing. And like you said, that could be something they're thriving off right now. Right. And so I know he's starting them now, now that they're playing well. So maybe it's just kind of like they needed the confidence of the coach. Uh, and it's not to say that he wasn't confident in them, but he they maybe needed to know that we have the same level of responsibility that we used to have. Right. And we know guys feed off that. Bo said that at the in the offseason, said I had received more responsibility last year and it really made me feel good. And I rode a wave of confidence after that. And I had a great year. Uh, and so that might be the case for them. They just didn't have the same responsibility and it just kind of, you know, didn't didn't rub them the right way. Yeah, I definitely see that as a possibility. And, uh, you know, um, as we mentioned, Barry Trotz in years gone by and now it seems like it's getting back to that a little bit with their improved play relies on them so much because he puts them out in those necessary like defensive situations where you'd expect them to be there. But then like, you know, at times if you're down and need a momentum shift, you send them out for a shift and they, you know, throw the body around a little bit and get the guys juiced up. Uh, but it, they just didn't have, and I know you mentioned it earlier, it wasn't like they weren't playing with that same drive, with that same energy. And now for whatever reason, it seems like it, it's starting to click and the Islanders need it because in this shortened season, each one of these games counts extra. So it, it's imperative that they continue this streak. That's for sure. Yeah, they, they definitely need them. They need every point. And so like if... Man, they they can't have success if they don't have the fourth line. They they really can't. Not sustained success. Like they can win a game here or there, um, but but they need the fourth line to go on runs where they can start putting points in and creating a little bit of separation because th- th- there's a bottleneck going on in the mass mutual Eastern Division, right? Where you've got a bunch of teams kind of bunched together. So if they can get on a little bit of a roll here and start separating themselves from teams like the Devils. Oh, and the Rangers and the, the 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 Sabers, right? So they're at twelve points in eleven games. They're three points back of Washington. Um, so like, and my six points back of Philly and Boston. So oh. they they need to start picking up points to kind of like keep up with the the three other teams at the top and create some separation from the three the four below them. Right. No. Ab- absolutely. They they got to start separating themselves. And and the division's tough. We knew that coming in, but that's what adds that added pressure on top right and that that's why we need that fourth line because we we can't go another what five games without a win whoa yeah no that that would be pretty rough i don't think the islanders can afford that no absolutely not uh anything else on this fourth line nope just let it continue please please for the love of god let it continue absolutely and we hinted at this earlier because we talked about guys who uh, have done a decent job when the fourth line wasn't going and the and Matt Barzell wasn't going. And one of those guys we talked about was Jordan Eberle, which we want to get into a little bit more now. He had five goals in his first 10 games, which is a drastic difference for him because usually he's someone who starts very, very slow for this team. Very slow. Yeah, wasn't it just like a couple of years ago he finally turned it on in... I think it was around this time in February, right? It was a game against the Washington, the Washington, the Winnipeg Jets, where he put up two goals in like the end of the game, and and then he just kept scoring, right? He didn't stop scoring. Um, but usually, it takes up until January for this guy to, to heat up. Um, so thankfully, the, the season started in January. 
I guess, yeah, it's almost like the opposite of Brocktober, and it's just since this season is starting in January, we're hitting Jordan Eberle's hot streak right at the start of the year instead of, you know, in the back third of the year, maybe. Right, and he's still not, like, on an incredible pace, no. right? He's only on pace for 52 points over a full NHL season, uh, like a full 82 games, which is fine. We'll all mm-hmm. sign up for 52 points, right? He put up 24 last year, sorry, 40 in 58 games. Um, so, but, you know, <laughs> it's good to have him going because we got other guys who aren't, right? right? And if he was going to have a slow start and then all of a sudden Brock Nelson isn't having a, a good start... Uh, that that's two very important pieces not playing well, and Josh Bailey as well. He you know he's had that that little blip where he was okay for a bit, but he's dipped again. Um, so that that's three guys in our top six, and we're missing Anthony Beauvillier and playing Michael Dal Cole there. So theoretically, we're missing four of our top six guys. Um, that's not good. <laughs> we we need Jordan Eberle to to heat up, and thankfully he is. Right, exactly. The Islanders desperately needed someone to rely on, and at least he has been that goal scoring uh, side that they absolutely need. And you know he he scored a couple of goals in that game against the Penguins on Saturday, which the Islanders desperately needed. Uh, it was a game in which they probably let Pittsburgh get back into it too many times. <laughs> That's that was yep. my feeling anyway. Uh, but Eberle scored a couple in the first, and that got him out to a, to a nice little jump there. And the thing that's really impressing me right now is is just how he's getting pucks on net. So the only game in his last five games where he didn't get a shot on net was against uh, the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, but since then, he's got seven shots, five shots on net. Uh, he's getting pucks on net. He's getting implicated. He's getting involved. Uh, even though he didn't get a point against the Rangers, he still had five shots on net in 17 minutes of ice time. Effective. That's what you want to see from a guy, right? Like you want to see him at least seemingly trying to get the puck through the goalie. Right, being a factor. Like he's not going out there and having one shot on goal in 16 minutes or anything like that. He, he's getting his chances. He's not going to you know, hit on each one of those, but the fact that he's putting pressure on, on a goalie is potentially creating opportunities for other people as well. Well, that's just it. And so we talked about that that top six, and some of those guys are MIA. Like Bailey has one shot on goal that game. This is against the Rangers. Uh, same thing for Brock Nelson. Anders Lee had three, so good job by him. Michael Del Cole, none. So, like, if not for Jordan Eberle, that second line has one shot on net. Yeah, not good. So, you know, that they need... They need more from the other guys for sure, but it's really it's really important that Jordan Eberle is going. Uh, not that it's like we needed him to do it or else, right? Like, of course, we we want him to be performing well, but it's because the others are performing well that he kind of stands out a little bit more. Yeah, that's a great point. Is I, I think you mentioned like with Bailey's struggles and Nelson's struggles in particular, both of those guys have gotten off to really putrid starts, but. Uh, Everly, you know, playing the way that he is, and, and maybe the same could be said for Lee, um, it, it makes them stand out a little bit more. It's like, okay, like here's someone who we could possibly rely on outside of Matthew Barzell for some offense here, where guys like we, I feel like we, we leaned on Brock Nelson a lot last year, and he's given them nothing right now. And Bailey was up and down last year, but he was still on pace to finish with above 50 points, playing on really all three of their their forward lines at one point <laughs> so do you th- this is a pr- I, I think it's a dumb question you think it's sustainable for jordan everly 
I, I don't know. I, his his whole Islanders career has been pretty inconsistent, so I'm leaning towards no, but I'm hoping that Anthony Beauvillier comes back sooner rather than later, and then like they could just go back to being the way that they were. Right. So uh, I'm, I'm glad you answered the way you did, because I thought you were going to give a completely different answer. I, I think it's absolutely sustainable with Jordan Eberle's doing. Because like his 52 points, or, or a pace of 52 points, isn't something that, uh, is out of character for Jordan Eberle, right? Over his last, since 16-17, so his last year in Edmonton, 51-59-37, not a good year, uh, 40 in 58. Uh, that's a pace of 40 divided by 58 times 82, 56 points. Like 52 is underachieving, uh, aside from that 137-point year two years ago. Uh, so yeah, I absolutely think this is sustainable, and he, he can maybe even hit a higher gear, assuming the guys he's playing with start picking up the slack. I really hope so. Um, that that would be huge for them, especially if he could be like that 25 to 30 goal score paced out over 82 se- game season, obviously, uh, for this team. Because, you know, the, the last couple of years, the goal scoring wasn't necessarily there for him. He, he put up points last year, but it wasn't necessarily. It was more on the assist side, if I remember correctly. I think he had 16 goals. That's exactly correct. 16 goals. Uh, put him on pace for 22, which you'll take, obviously, like, We'll take five sure. if, it, if it happens, but like you want to see him edge closer to the twenty-five thirty if he's getting five million dollars a year, right? Exactly, and if he's right around that twenty-five, like I said, that twenty-five to thirty range would be perfect for him, right? I have a feeling that someone's going to clip what I just said about you, you know he's getting paid five million, so you want to see him hit twenty-five thirty, and just play that on loop whenever I say something about Josh Bailey. Um, so disclaimer that doesn't apply to Josh Bailey asterisk next to that other comment. Well, uh, to be fair, Eberle and uh, Bailey's roles are a little bit different. So yeah, their, their style is also different. Like Bailey doesn't score ever on the backhand and Jordan Eberle always scores on the backhand. Right. Pajot's also getting five. So <laughs> yeah. And he's also, are you going to write something about Pajot, please? Can, right. can you do that? I might have to get something going on Pajot. Although, like, once Bo is healthy, Leo Komarov is now obsolete, is he not? You know how I'm going to answer this question. I don't know how Barry Trotz is going to answer the question, though. Right. So, like, <laughs> if it, 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 when Michael Del Cole, sorry, when Anthony Bovidier is healthy, that forces Michael Del Cole to the third line, to me. Yes. Uh, which should give. I assume Peugeot a little bit more consistency. Sure, gets rid of, of uh, Leo Komarov, but honestly, Leo Komarov ain't nothing special. He really is, and he kills penalties. So does Bo. So, like, you're you're getting a better top six player, and you're getting, you know, Michael Delco, who, who might do a little bit more than, than Leo Komarov does. Let's go. Yeah, I, I think that'd be a huge win, and, and we're talking about Wallstrom on the right side at that point, right? Oh, of course. Yeah, there's no question to move Wallstrom away from that line. Uh, he, he's he's building something here. Let's continue. He's, he's putting bricks down. He's laying mortar. Let him do that. Can I talk about him briefly? Because you, you mentioned that and it sparked a thought with me. I know the production isn't quite there yet, but every time he's on the ice, I just feel myself being gravitated towards him because he always is like in, in a good position or making a play. Which that that's great because the I feel like the the goals are going to start to come and the points are going to start to come next. There was one play in particular against the Rangers that I really enjoyed. Um, he's I, I think it's Peugeot is carrying the puck in on the left side, and Wallstrom just 
He's he's crashing the net. He's going right for it. Stick on the ice. He had to stick on the ice the entire damn time, which is exactly what you want to see. And Pedro, he can't he can't get the pass to him. He tries, mm-hmm. but you know, uh, I think Truba is all over Wallstrom, and so he just can't get away. But he drives that net with yeah. poise and purpose. Uh, and that's what you want to see because we're missing that element. If it's not Anders Lee crashing the net, um, and he doesn't crash it so much, he's a little bit more responsible around goalies. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it's nice to see a, a guy being that hungry. Like, I'm following this play until the bitter end. Yeah, no, I like that. I, I do too. And I think the production is going to start to come, and that's going to be a lot of fun if, if we, if and when he starts to get going. Well, he had an almost season low amount of ice time, right? Nine fifty-seven on uh, on February eighth. He had four shots on net. Yeah, that, that's impressive. He, he didn't even play ten minutes. He got four four shots on net. That was what second on the team behind Everly with I, five. I think so, right? So like, kids getting his looks. Let's keep that up. Let's maybe give him a little bit more ice time against the Penguins. It's the Penguins. Like they're letting goals in. Let's give this guy another one. Yeah, they have like a million guys on IR from their blue line, so it would be nice. Like, could get one game with, uh, and hopefully more. But just I want to start with one at like fifteen minutes. That would be great because he hasn't exceeded twelve minutes in four seconds this season. <laughs> Come on, please. Just <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, that would be good. But as to loop this back to Eberle for a second, his start is is. A welcome change because how many times did it take 12 15 games for him or even more to get those five goals oh yeah every season every season right like i think when he hit two the fastest he had hit two was eight games yeah he did it in four this year so you're going all right well already that's good and he's kept that up right it wasn't just a blip on the radar uh, and, and so that that's what's extra encouraging is that, all right, well, we've seen this already through the first four games. We're now at 11 games and we're still seeing it. That that gives me more um, more ammunition that this is this is sustainable. And he could he, he can maybe even hit a higher gear once he's playing with a little bit better opposition or uh, uh, sorry, line mates. Yeah. I mean, in his first year in 2017, 18, it took him 11 games before getting just one goal. Um, and then last, no, in 2018-19, it took him 17 games. And last year was the worst of all. It took him 15 games before he was able to score a single goal. And thirty so you're, and 34 before he was able to get to five. So you're seeing that trend getting worse over three years. Yeah. And this year, it changed, sort of, right? Like, we can't forget, it is January, February, right? This is when Brock Nelson doesn't do well. Typically, whoa, look at that. He's not doing well. Jordan Eberle typically heats up January, February. Look at that. He's heating up. So I wouldn't read into this saying like, Jordan Eberle next year is going to be an amazing player. He could be. He could be, but I wouldn't bank on that. No. No, no. He's playing He's playing very well right now, and it's exactly what the Islanders need. So it's, uh, it's a welcomed addition, just like the fourth line coming back around. Exactly. A lot of welcomed additions, specifically the fact because we've got two wins in a row. So that's always good. Absolutely. Mitch, let's get into down on the farm. What do we got for us prospect-wise? Uh, okay, well. I wonder what we're going to talk about. I don't know. All right, so there's the one. Let's let's get that one done first. Um, so Joshua Sang's loan deal with Arbro ended. Um, unceremoniously, I, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so they... They being or Ur- came out and said, 
Uh, unfortunately, he's not fit enough or isn't up to the fitness level that we would want, and he's not adapting as quickly as we would have liked. And so we're ending the loan after five games played. Woof. Got to be honest, not great. No, no, it's it's not. It's not. Uh, it really isn't great. Um, certainly not helping things, as Joshua saying has played 22 games over the last two years. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's what happens when you get sent home and said you're going to get traded, but no trade comes through, and then you come back, and then they send you to another AHL team. There's just there's so much going on here. It, it's so bad. Like I just it needs to be over at this point. It really does. It really does, and we've said that for a while. And I, I know people have said like, "Oh, you're making excuses." I'm not making any excuses. I'm laying out facts. He's played 22 games in two years. Um, and I don't, I don't really understand the whole thing here because Arbro would have known that, right? That he's only played 22 games in two years. I would hope so. Um, and so when it comes to fitness level, I, I've been poking around and asking a lot of questions from a lot of different people, seeing what they know on, on the scenes. And, and if I have watched all five games, I've seen every single one of them. Uh, and I didn't see that he was unable, like he was the fastest guy out there most nights. And I know speed isn't necessarily an idea of fitness, right? Because he could be you know, sucking back oxygen on the bench. And that's maybe not a good thing, uh, but that wasn't the case. Um, he, from what they're saying, he's not at game speed, which, or sorry, I should say at, at a comparative game speed. He's not where the rest of the team is, which makes sense because these guys have been playing competitive hockey since September. He yeah. hasn't, the last game he played was at the uh, the end of March last year in 29, 2020. Yeah, so he he went on almost a full calendar year without playing at game speed. Exactly. And the, yes, he's been training. I know he's oh. been at BioSteel camp and whatnot, but like yeah. there's something to be said about not being not playing games. You, you, you I'll ask anyone that has played hockey, practice isn't the same as games, even no. if you're playing contact. Um so th- there's a lot there. A lot of some people I I've seen speculation that it, he just isn't coachable. And so he wasn't ready to fit the system. Um, when I've asked around, a lot of people haven't haven't been in, in total agreement with that. What they say is maybe his style doesn't fit the Orbro philosophy, which is they, they preach back checking. They preach back checking hard. Um, and, and if there's one thing about Joshua Sang's game is that he's not the most defensive player in the league. That's putting it nicely, <laughs> right? Like he's. It's not to say that he will never back check. He does. Uh, but from what I noticed in his games, he's not the most engaged along the boards. He's not a physical player along the boards, uh, which in, in, a, in a league like like the SHL, they, they for sure want to see that. They definitely want to see that at the NHL level. Um, but but Orobro wanted to see that, and, and he's that's just not his style. Which, again, confuses the hell out of me going like, all right, well, you would have known that already. This isn't a new thing from Joshua saying, right? No, yeah, no, that's, uh, I don't know. I will never understand this saga. I'm not going to pretend to now. No, confusing things even more for me is the fact that, okay, they're saying that, well, he's not up to fitness and he's not up to where we want our players to be at this level, and we don't know if we can get him there. All right, well, you're on a 10-day break. Orbro last played on February 6th. They're not going to play till February 16th because of the international break in Sweden. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the perfect time to be like, let's get you up. To, you, we've got two weeks to get you up to game speed. Yeah, I don't, right? I don't, I don't know. Uh, so what's the, what's the next move? What happens now? 
Well, that's that's what I I don't know. I, I've seen comments that he he's still hoping the team in Sweden uh, will pick him up because he's there. So wh- why leave? Yeah. Because uh, if he's got to go anywhere else, he's gonna have to re quarantine, and that's no one's gonna want to pick him up. Like uh, if he comes back to Bridgeport, he's gonna miss three games. Well, he's already missed two, and that's assuming he comes back today. If yeah. he comes back today, he's got to quarantine for ten games. He's missing at least three games minimum, and that's assuming he gets into the squad the very next game, right. which is a little unlikely. So that means he misses minimum five games out of a 24-game season. He's already missed 20% of the AHL season. <laughs> when you put it like that, that just makes it a little bit more crazy. And the only reason they sent him to Sweden was like, he's going to get more playing time. Okay, well. <laughs> not anymore. Okay. Not anymore. Oh. So the options are not great for Joshua Sang going forward. Ideally, another Sweden team picks him up, um, but I, I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah, I, I kind of doubt it at this point. So not not good for him. I, I don't know what the next step is. I, I've I've got you know I'm 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 trying to find out more because I'm very confused about how all of this went down mm-hmm. and why five games into this they're like we're good. Yeah, we're all set here. Uh, the, ah, there, there's something there. There's a lot of meat on that bone. Absolutely. All right, who else we got? Uh, okay, so next, Alexander Ljungkrantz. So that's oh. a third-round pick from this year. Yes. Made it to uh, Team Sweden. Okay. He made their their U19 team. Um, and I'm I'm new to the whole uh, international scene in Europe. Like, the, these uh, international breaks kind of hit me by surprise. I know them in, in, in soccer, but I don't know them when it comes to hockey. So this is all new to me. Um, so he's playing for this, uh, this 19, U19 team. Uh, it's basically the World Junior Championship B squad. Okay, is is the way that I I've been told. So like they're going to be playing um uh, basically a five day camp. So they're sorry six a full week. So from the eighth to the fourteenth they're playing. Uh, they're going to have three games with the U eighteen team, and what this is is essentially a, a showcase. So these guys on this U nineteen team can showcase to the coach. I have quality to be included on the U20 team, which is the World Cup team or the World Junior Championship squad. Correct. Okay. All right. So a good opportunity for him to prove himself. That's for sure. Exactly. And this is all like, you know, it's a third round pick who probably shouldn't have been picked in the third round, but was uh, just good things are continuing to happen for this kid. Like he's a point per game player at Div 1. He's over a point per game at the U20 level already. So like, there's something there with this kid. I'm not going to say he's a gem, but like there's something there with him. Okay, uh, definitely interesting to keep an eye on him as this uh, tournament progresses. And then last one, I usually do three here, is Robin Salo. I talked about the international break. Yes. He's going to be uh, playing for Team Finland as well uh, over the weekend. There's a little tournament going on. Uh, it's like the Bayer Cup or something like that. Okay. It Again, it's all it's all new to me. Um, the, these are things I'm trying to find out. The Bayer Hockey Games, um, so they are being played in Sweden. I believe it's in Malmo, and it's like a five-team thing. So you got Sweden, you got Finland, the Russia, sorry, the Russia, Russia, Czech Republic. Um, yeah, so four teams. It's going to be like a four-game series. They they essentially had one in Russia, right? The Channel One Cup that was a couple. I think it was last month. Okay. And and Finland didn't do too well. I think they finished third out of four teams. So they're hoping to be a little bit better. But Salo is going to feature heavily. He's going to be on the top pair, I would imagine, Ooh. because he was on the top pair last time. Okay, that's good. He's going to eat up a lot of minutes then. Exactly. So, like, just continue. And the kid 
hasn't stopped playing. He's like played 30 plus games already um, for Arbro, uh, just and now he's playing for the international team and playing big minutes. Uh, th- this kid is going to come to North America. They they will sign him. I, I yeah, don't I agree. Know that for a fact, but like they would be stupid not to. Uh, but he's going to come to North America fully formed, ready to go. He's already played 39 games in the SHL this year. Uh, and not to put you on the spot, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, yeah. how, what's his age? Is he 20? He's 22. Oh, he's 22. Okay, so he's even older than I thought. Uh, so he's uh, birth date October 13th, 98. I, I have it open. Okay. <laughs> so do you think there's a chance that he could make the jump over to the NHL, or you still think he's got to go AHL first? I don't think he has to. I think he could. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, he, I think he could make the NHL right away. I don't think he will just because of how this team does things. Gotcha. So we're thinking another one-year Andy Green deal. Yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> Sebastian Ajo, right? Yeah, I would hope so. I would hope so. Yeah, so that's that's the last one I have for down on the farm. Obviously, Joshua saying is the biggest news. Uh, William just Phil keeps scoring. Let's put that one in there, too. But you can't stop, can't stop scoring that kid. Perfect. Things you love to see. Uh, So with that, let's get into the quiz, Mitch. All right. As we do every week, I ask Matt five questions to, uh, I showed four there in my hands, but five questions trying to identify a mystery New York Islander. So it is episode 182 of the Eyes on Isles podcast. So Matt, I'm going to ask you something related to a player, uh, sorry, related to 182. Are you ready? Let's do it. Okay, so first question. Oh, I lost my questions here. First one, I was never drafted. It's just the first one. Uh, Matt O'Leary. Correct. No. <laughs> okay, next. All right. uh, I have 30 points over a 346-game NHL career. 30 points over 346. That could be anybody. Okay, next. Okay, three. I had a career year with the Isles when I scored nine points. Ross Johnston? Incorrect. Okay. Barking up the right tree, though. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Four, I had a career high 307 penalty minutes that year as well. So he had a career high nine points and a career high 307 That's penalty ba- minutes. Bananas. Uh, is it Trevor Gillies? Incorrect. So, five, I'm not Big Z, but I'm Z, okay? I'm ZK. I'm a, I'm a Z, K. I'm trying to give you initials here. I'm giving you initials here. You're going to kill me when, when, who is it? Sinan Kanapka. Oh my God. Uh, so he played for the Islanders. He played a full 82 games in 2010-2011, putting up two goals, seven assists. Um, not a career high for goals. He did that with Ottawa the, the next year. Minus 14, 307 penalty minutes, 57.67% efficient on the on the uh, sorry in faceoffs. Yikes! He, that is wild. 62% the year before that. He's got a 65% year with Minnesota. Just the, the guy knows how to win damn face-off. He really does. He does. Yeah, I'm pulling up his numbers now. Uh, 307. He led the league in penalty minutes in back-to-back years. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. 265 and 307. That face-off percentage, that's, that's wild. 
Average 10 minutes, 11 seconds. Hey, 40th in Selkie voting that year, too. You left that out. <laughs> That's insane. 307 penalty minutes. 40th in He got a Selkie vote. Uh, but again, nuts. like those face-off numbers, his worst face-off year was he had three games in 07-08, putting up 52%. That's his worst. Yeah, so the guy, face-off specialist, man. Bring him in as a, as a Matthew Barzell face-off consultant. Interesting. Okay. I, I forgot about his existence. That's hand up on me. Uh, so let's get into the social segment, Mitch. What do we got this week? The first one here for me is a Deplorable Tom 2020 saying, is there any plan for Lou Lamb to go out and get an elite scorer for this team? It seems to be a consistent problem with this team no matter who the GM is. Snow never wanted to, quote-unquote, overpay to land an elite-level scorer, and I fear Lou feels the same. Isn't 55's money available to use? Then how many cap space? So, well, that, that's really the thing. And so, unfortunately, I see that this is a reply to um, Arthur Staples, so maybe Arthur will get to this in his... Um, in his podcast, but uh, maybe not. Uh, Lou is is definitely not um, shy and overpaying. He was willing to give Artemi Panarin twelve plus million dollars. Yeah, that's true. And uh, I, I'm I know it didn't work, but I'm fairly certain they were willing to pay up to keep John Tavares as well. Correct. That is also a correct assessment. And so, like, they're willing to pay if they, assuming they have the money, they just don't anymore. Uh, weren't they in on Mark Stone too? They were, but I, I think that the the return to Ottawa would have had to include Noah Dobson, and they're like, "That's not happening." Gotcha. Okay. So, so I, I, they're they're looking for a score, but like they they can't really afford one. Now that's kind of Lou's doing a little bit. You, you can't really be paying Matt Martin one point five million dollars and other guys like Leo Komarov three million and expect to bring in a big fish. Exactly. Uh, my first one comes from Capitals PR, and it's the Washington Capitals saying that they name Michael Pekka as player development coach. Pekka will join Peter Laviolette's staff and primarily work with players on the taxi squad this season. So a uh, fan favorite, a personal favorite of mine as well, working with former Islander coach uh, as well. So good on Michael Pekka for getting back into lead coaching. Wild that you have taxi coach, taxi coach squads now. Sorry, taxi squad, squad coaches. coaches. Jesus, Murphy. That's okay. Um, that's wild. But good on him, right? Getting an NHL job um, ba- back in the fold as well. So, like, that's great to see. Uh, maybe we should get a taxi squad coach as well. I don't know. I'm available. <laughs> I'll, I'll take I'll take 20K. I got nothing to teach, but, like, I'll just, I'll just take that money, please. Sure. What else you got? Uh, this one comes from Mike Comito. I think we all know who he is. On this day in 2018, after the Islanders scored four power plays, sorry, scored four, what? Scored four goals in a power play during a major penalty late in the game against the Detroit Red Wings. Brock Nelson completed a hat trick in overtime to give the Isles a 7 6 victory. That game was wild. It was, right? So, like, they're, they're down. I think it was 5 3, wasn't it? Yeah, they're down 5-3, and then they get back-to-back-to-back-to-back goals from Nelson, Lee, Letty, Bailey on the same power play. Yeah, that was a nuts. That was a nuts game. I remember that. I remember that one well. So, like, Brock Nelson... No, it wasn't Brock Nelson, sorry. It was Cal Clutterbuck is drawing after Tyler Bertuzzi, and uh, Bertuzzi doesn't like what he uh, what he had to say, so he two-hands him right in the shins, and 
clutter goes down like a like a bag of bricks. And so he gets the five minute major and Bob's your uncle, like, wow, did we score on, and didn't stop scoring. That that's insane to me. Yeah, there there were just a ton of goals coming on a power play. Who would have thought? A ton of goals coming on one power play. <laughs> Right. So, and one, the, the first one didn't come since a minute into the power play. A full minute went by without a goal, and they, they still popped three, uh, four in. So, wild. Impressive. Uh, my last one comes from Isles Territory, and it says, Think someone agrees. And it's a screenshot, and it's someone liking this tweet. And the tweet is, Beating the Rangers is such a good feeling. And the person who liked the tweet is Bodie Wild. Apparently, Bodie Wild is in on the rivalry. Love to see that, and he hasn't even played a game for the Islanders yet. Love it. He's already all sold on, on Islanders culture. Great, great to have him on board. Uh, hopefully, things uh, start going better for him at the AHL level. It's not that he's not doing very well. It's just I haven't been totally impressed with this play, but to be fair, he's played one game. Correct. Uh, my last one here comes from RCHM283. So maybe we keep the kids of the lineup going forward, maybe, because that was some great hockey from them tonight. That was on February 8th. Well, there you go. Uh, yes, I, I tend to like when they lean on the younger players. That's uh, a more watchable product, usually. Yeah, we talked about Oliver Walsham getting four shots in you know, two seconds of ice time. Um, <laughs> maybe we get him a little bit, you know, a few more seconds on, on, uh, on anything and uh, see what this kid does, because there's, there's talent there. Uh, it just needs to be sorted out. He needs Barry Trotz to take him under his wing, actually focus solely on him. That is your new pet project is Oliver Wallstrom. Yes, that'd be nice if he got the Brock Nelson treatment from 2018. That would be incredible because, my God, do we ever need that? Absolutely. So before we go, let's get a couple of plugs in here. So wherever you're listening to the show, please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and review. It really helps us out a lot. We appreciate all the love and support. You can follow along with us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary NY and Mitch is over at TLO Mitch. You can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. You could download our app, the Eyes on Isles app available for iPhone or Android. If you prefer, you can visit the website as well, eyesonisles.com. And last but not least, the Patreon, patreon.com slash Eyes on Isles. For $5 a month, you get a whole bunch of extra content. You get post-game shows, a mailbag show, which we'll record next live stream a nice community of islanders fans over there it's a ton of fun looking forward to it we got what is it 17 questions in the mailbag today so it's going to be a busy mailbag can't wait to record it absolutely so that's going to do it for us on episode 182 i'm matt o'leary he's mitch anderson and we'll talk to you next time Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line 
prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.